a scripture on the front of your hymnal, I mean, excuse me, bulletin, is John 6, 24 to 35. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give, give you, for it is on him that God the Father has sent his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then? so that we may see it and believe you. What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I say you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Lord Jesus, you are the very air we breathe. You are the blood that flows through our hearts and souls. And forgive us when we do not treat you as such. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. This sermon is a real downer, especially in the first part because... I am going to, well, ask you to imagine some rather terrible things. For example, can you imagine having sausage biscuits without the biscuits? That's terrible. Or how about spaghetti without a thick slab of garlic bread, or for that matter, without the spaghetti. What if I announced that we are all going to Olive Garden after church today, but no one is allowed to get any breadsticks, not even one? I mean, just saying that out loud leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Terrible things. Imagine a BLT without toast. A sub sandwich without a hoagie roll. Beans without cornbread. Now that's just wrong. <laughs> Can you imagine eating enchiladas or burritos without tortillas? 
what a mess. How about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without bread? That's a sticky mess. Chicken pot pie without a flaky crust covering the top of it? I mean, that, that sounds like heresy. Pot roast without rolls? A Reuben without rye bread? Seafood without hush puppies? Soup without crackers? Barbecue without Texas toast? Terrible, terrible things. I mean, I have seen people eating hamburgers and hot dogs without a bun. They're probably on the Atkins diet or that, you know the one, no carbs. They do share something else in common. They all look miserable. Pizza without a crust? Chicken noodle soup without noodles? I call that broth. Cake? Without, well, the cake? <laughs> Pie without crust? Nut bread without the bread? That's just nuts. <laughs> Cinnamon rolls without bread is just a sin. And donuts without bread aren't nearly so holy. What, did you just wake up? <laughs> I say all this because bread is such a part of our lives. It's a big part of our lives. But we barely give it a thought. It's always there. And all these things and so many more. I could have just gone on and on. Bread is there. Jesus calls himself in this passage today the bread of life. Bread from heaven. As essential to our spiritual lives as bread is to our physical lives. Especially in those days when Jesus walked the earth. In those days, bread was the only thing many people had to eat. Bread was not only important, it was a matter of survival for a large part of the population. Don't think they barely gave bread a, a barely a thought. They had to think of bread all the time just to survive. Now, aren't you glad that's not us? We want bread, or we go and we buy bread. Done. But maybe that's part of the problem. Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. People hearing it back then would have said, we understand that. You are survival. You are essential. You are life. Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am, I am breath. Depend on me. 
But bread isn't survival for us. But the point doesn't change. Jesus is. There are starving people in our world, spiritually starving, looking for that which will fill them and fulfill them, looking in every place but the right place. And many of those people are in the church. Now, last week, we heard how Jesus fed the 5,000 men only. It was a men-only club back then. 5,000 men, women and children weren't counted. Now the crowds are chasing Jesus down. This man does wonders. What else can he do for us? What other signs and miracles will he do to make our lives better, easier, more comfortable? Is our faith ever like that? You know, the greatest generation is known as the greatest because they sacrificed so much. They sacrificed for others. They sacrificed for all. Now it seems we are moving more and more to becoming a what's-in-it-for-me society. You know, this isn't a new problem. As far back as the 1100s, 12th century mystic Meister Eckhart warned that some people want to see God as they see a cow and to love God as they love their cow. They love their cow for the milk and cheese and profit it makes them. I never want my love for God to be compared to the way someone might love a cow. Looking for what's in it for me. But sometimes, you know, I often tell people that I prepare sermons I need to hear and somehow in the hearing, they reach your hearts too. But the truth is, sometimes my faith can be selfish. My prayer life can be selfish. Like those hounding Jesus, chasing him down. I can become part of the crowd. This man does wonders. What else can he do for me? I pray, Jesus, make my life better. Make my life easier. Make my life more comfortable. I'm not proud of it. But there it is. The truth. Jesus speaks truth to me today and maybe to you. Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Truth. 
too often for me and my faith. Truth, my faith can be less than it should be. You know, sometimes I feel like I have to justify my salary and prove my worth as your pastor by how much work I get done and how many hours I can fill. You ever do that? It's what you do that determines what your value is, what your worth is. But that's not what Jesus says. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. To be faithful. To live my life as a disciple. To know I have value and worth not because of what I do, but because of what God does in and through me. I have value, you have worth. Every person out there in the world is to be prized and valued and treasured. And because God says so, because God is working in them too, and because God loves them too. He said it on a cross. And he still speaks that same message in our hearts. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And that is such good news for someone like me. And maybe for someone like you. So how is your faith this morning? Is it a just-in-case faith? Well, Lord, I'm going to try to figure this out myself first. I'm going to work it out. I'll do the work. I'll dig myself out of this hole. I'll repair this relationship on my own. And just in case, just in case... I'll call on God and pray and listen for God's direction just in case. Jesus is the bread of life. Depend on God. That's what it means to be a disciple, to know Jesus is the bread of life. I love such good news. In the name of our holy God, creator, son, and Holy Spirit, amen.